kinds of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. I got out in 1989. We had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations, fellow Skywatchers from all parts of the globe. We're back live on air once again on this beautiful March the 26th, 2014, right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network and, of course, live on PSN Radio. Welcome, everybody listening in on both networks and, of course, our friends over at TalkStream Live as well who plug us every single week. I don't know about you, Alan, but I hate being plugged, but only when it's TalkStream Live and... Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN that I accept being plugged. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing amazingly amazing, to tell you the truth. Normally, you have to pay extra to get plugged, but yes, uh, that's that's just that's just the other uh, show. So we're not going to talk about that. Uh, so no, how th- how are things <laughs> down in the southern part of Florida? You know, nice and warm. I I, I, I got to tell you, man. It, I love South Florida. I'm one of those people that will probably never leave the nest because I just love it down here. The weather is mm, beautiful. Uh, while most of my friends up north were freezing during the winter, I was going to the beach, man. It's it's a beautiful environment <laughs> down here. That's why that, every time I talk to my friends like out of sight up in Seattle, uh, every time right. he tells me, man, the weather's killing me out here, bro. I'm like, middle fingers, bro. It's 90 degrees out here in South Florida. Love it. Oh, oh we can love say it. it. Eh. <laughs> exactly. That's all you're gonna say. But right. tonight, uh, you know, we, you know, forget about the weather for a second because we're gonna talk to somebody who's, uh, you know, he's gonna call us from a, a pretty uh, cold place out in Portland. Uh, it's pretty cold out there right now, and uh, his name is. Maybe Chris... cold, but Portland doesn't get that much snow, luckily. Yeah, that's, which is weird, by the way. I'm trying his... to find the water close enough to the water. His name in uh, don't trip out now, people. I'm not talking about the R&B singer, but his name is Chris Brown, and he's going to be with us uh, within the uh, 20 fin- uh, 25 minute mark here. Uh, Chris Brown is uh, an experiencer. He had a sighting uh, that he wants to tell us about. He's actually been on on several shows uh, during the last uh, few uh, years talking about his sighting. And uh, he's been featured on Open Minds uh, the website, Open Minds TV, uh, about his experience. And, uh, you know, we'd like to give everybody the, the mic here and let them uh, express what happened to them, to the audience. And let you, the audience, decide if they're telling the truth or if they're not, if their story's credible or if they're full of, you know, you know, bat squatch. But, you know, talking to Chris earlier, Alan, we, you know, we had him on, on Skype here for about maybe a good 20 minutes. I mean, he seems like he's a, you know, fully capable dude. He doesn't seem like he's wacko or anything like that. So uh, He see, he seems well-spoken and coherent. I'll give him right. that. But I didn't hear his story yet. So, you know, it, it's my job not to play good cop or bad cop, but it's my job to try and evaluate. And, you know, if if it sounds legit, uh, you know, more power to him. If it doesn't sound legit, you know, folks, I'm going to call Bat Squatch. 
Yeah, he is. And by the way, I think we're going to stick to that term. Um, you know, we've been going back and forth here over the last few weeks on what we're going to use as our term when we're trying to say that something's not legit. I think Batsquatch just kind of works the best, man, honestly. Well, does anybody out there who uh, has a way to listen in and call in at the same time, anybody want to call in and actually uh, give us any better ideas? Suggest one! Tonight? Tonight's just one, folks. You can do that, and we'll listen to you. We got we'll happily hear what you got to say, what's better than bat squatch when something doesn't sound kosher. Exactly. By the way, when Chris is on, we will have open lines. So if you guys want to call in and you want to ask him anything, please you know, feel free to call in. The number is uh, 786-245-8127. Of course, you can find us on Skype as well by looking up PSN Radio. Easy way to find us. Uh, you can also contact us uh, through Facebook. Leave a message on there. It's very easy. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Skywatchers Radio. And we'll answer you if you leave a question you know a comment or anything we'll talk about it on air we'll bring it up why not i mean it gives us uh, a little bit to a uh, you know a little time to kill on the air so we love those kind of questions also you can check us out in the chat room on psn radio go there psn-radio.com go into the chat room ask any questions there we'll ex- you know happily answer your questions on air but you know more importantly alan i think what we really want you and i is for the audience to participate by calling in we want to prove that there is a pulse Right. When they're, you know, with the audience that's actually listening. So people chat up in the chat room, obviously, or do me a favor, give a call in. Let me know there's a pulse. There's not just you guys listening in. You guys are participating, too. I mean, I would hope they're participating. Well, I'm up there. Enough. I know we got a lot of listeners out there. The whole thing is, is we want them to participate, too. That's right. Who do we got to beat up sick and twistedly to get them to actually be an active participant? Hmm. If I had the answer for that, I think we'd have 20 calls right now. Uh, big shout-outs, by the way, to uh, Nancy Burns and Bill Burns. Uh, they had a, a really good show yesterday. Um, and, Alan, I'm going to tell you something right now, bro, that, that tripped me out yesterday. What? That happened on uh, Future Theater. What happened? And this is the third time I've heard this mentioned. Okay, I'm gonna. This is a funny story, um, and I I was talking out of sight about it uh, earlier. Do we uh, have to yesterday. do the sound effects where it's gonna be dun? dun no, dun. no, no sound effects, no sound effects. Okay, okay. Their guest, and uh, by the way, uh, excellent, excellent guest they had on uh, yesterday. Um, right. They were talking about something that had nothing to do with what I'm gonna bring up right now. And by the way, his name is uh, Jeremy uh, Vaney, I believe is his name, Jeremy Vaney. Mm. A great guest. Uh, but anyway, we, we go on break. You know, I produce Future Theater for them. And when we right. go on break, Jeremy, you know, he's talking to Nancy, he's talking to me, he's talking to Bill. And then all of a sudden he just turns around and he says, dude, I got to just say, you sound exactly like Seth Rogen. And, you know, first my jaw dropped. And I'm like, really? And he's like. With a Hispanic accent, maybe. Yeah, maybe the Cuban Seth Rogen. I don't know. But he. It, what blows my mind is that Out of Sight said the same thing on an Out of Sight episode that we did about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. Uh, and that was the first time I heard it. In between then, I heard it from somebody else. And when he said it, I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Out of all those celebrities to sound like, Seth Rogen, really? Well, now, it's the I personally one. don't hear it. But if anybody out there listening thinks that I sound like Seth Rogen, call in. Tell me you know, that I do or I don't. If you agree with me saying that I don't, or if you agree with them saying that I do, let me know. That that would be a fun little game to have here on the show. Uh, please, call in and let, let us know what you think of how I sound. Because that, that really blows my mind. Alan, do you think I sound like Seth Rogen? Um, only when Zach and Mary were making a porno. 
Um, By the way, his finest piece of work. Really? That's a great movie. Really? I thought Green Hornet was, like, really the bomb. Oh, it was a bomb, all right. Oh, Just not, not of the good variety, no. <laughs> you set right. me up beautifully for that one, by the way. Yeah, it, 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 it wasn't a bomb. It was a hand grenade. It was... Oh, it, it was... geez, that movie was bad. Well, I, I want my money back. You have no idea. I mean, who thought that the Green Hornet would be done well by Seth Rogen? Really? Well, like, who had that bright idea, and why can't we get him fired somehow? Because that's just a bad idea. Well, honestly, I'll tell you one thing that I did like that has been made that was really impressive that he did. Um, when he was in the movie, this is the, uh, this is the End. That was a good movie. I'll, I'll admit that was a good movie. I stand corrected. That, well, that look at Pineapple Express, you know, that was a good movie, too. You know, I tried getting into it. I just couldn't. But, you know, it is what it is. To each their own. It, it, I think it's a fine piece of work. Pineapple okay. Express. I'm not going to argue movie. with you. Now, moving on to some uh, more important stuff, because this is Skywatchers Radio, right? And what do we do on Skywatchers Radio? We don't talk about we Seth Rogen. We look to the skies. Correct. We look to the skies. We look to the internet and find some of the, uh, the news that's on there that we might want to share with you, the audience, and have you, again, participate and call in and talk about some of these uh, news items that we, we pick out here from the litter. And when I say the litter, I mean mostly like three websites, because there's not a lot of coverage, as we know, in mainstream media when it comes to ufology. It's, there just isn't. Uh, when there is, it's kind of like laugh, you know, laughed off or whatever. Uh, but one of the main websites that I always go to is uh, my good friend Alejandro Rojas' OpenMinds.tv. Uh, of course, Alejandro Rojas, you can hear him live. Well, not really live. You can hear his podcast on PSN uh, right after this show. Uh, we air his uh, Open Minds radio with uh, Jason McClellan. And they're going to be on this show as guests pretty soon, by the way. Both Looking of them. forward to that. They're really, really well-spoken guys, and I love listening to them. You know, I've had Alejandro on uh, a few times. I've never had Jason on yet, and... I uh, look forward to having him on. He's a really, really well-spoken dude. And again, very knowledgeable about the stuff that uh, they talk about. And th- that episode is going to be on April 9th, by the way, when we have both of them on. So uh, next month, on the 9th, Excellent. we'll both be on here. But there's a, a news article that I sent you, Alan, earlier about a former Air Force officer who claims UFOs were covered up in uh, oh, the gee, you think? film. D- did you read this article yet? No, I have not. Tell Brief me a little bit about it because we've been running around on the phone a little bit. I didn't have a chance to read it. That's correct. We have been running around a little bit on the phone. And I understand why you'd have a chance to read it, but here we go. It says, a former Air Force officer uh, claims that UFOs were used as a cover-up in a new UFO documentary called Mirage Men. Duh. Yeah, right. The film, which originally premiered at a select uh, film festivals in uh, June of last year, will be available to rent and stream online beginning of March 27th, so tomorrow. Uh, the movie is based off a 2010 book called The Mirage Man, An Adventure into Paranoia and uh, see, Physical Warfare. The UFO, uh, the UFO is by Mark Pillington, uh, a Britain journalist and filmmaker. Uh, the book asserts that the U.S. Uh, military was responsible for planting stories about UFOs to the public in order to conceal secret military projects, which I've been saying that for years, Alan. I believe that. Um, that but I, I believe one hundred percent. I believe that's definitely one hundred percent more than possible. But I also got to say that I don't think that's the only right answer. Oh, I, again, I 
with you 100% on that. Now, the film centers around Richard Doughty, a former Air Force officer who served in, uh, in the Office of Special Investigation in the 1980s. Uh, Doughty claimed that he fed disinformation about UFOs in order to keep the public from discovering classified secret projects. He also alleges that the government has had contact with extraterrestrial civilizations and that UFOs and ET aircrafts are real, you know, most of them, they are real. Uh, they're, you know, like like we were saying, they do exist. But his but, alleged disinformation campaign came at the uh, coast of uh, the UFO researcher Paul Benowitz. Uh, that account can be found in the October-November 2013 issue of Open Minds magazine, by the way. Now, I'm going to quote here. It says, how the U.S. government uh, created the myth that took over the world, UFOs, weapons of mass deception, for over 60 years, Teams within uh, the U.S. Air Force and Intelligence Services uh, exo, I mean, exploited, I'm sorry, exploited and manipulated beliefs about the UFOs and ET uh, visitations as part of their uh, counterintelligence programs. In doing so, they spawned a mythology so powerful that it captivated and warped many brilliant minds, including several of their own. Uh, now, for the first time, some huh. of these uh, behind the operations and their victims speak out, revealing a true story that, in part, is part uh, Manchurian Candidate and part Close Encounters of the Third Kind. The movie is currently available for pre-order rental at a discount rate below. And I'm going to actually post the link. It's about 6 bucks if you want to see it now. But it will premiere uh, officially tomorrow, March 27th. I'm going to post the link for where you can actually read this on Open Minds on our Facebook account. So again, go to facebook.com forward slash Skywatchers Radio. And you'll see the link right on there right now. And uh, if you want to watch the movie, I mean, Alan, that does not sound far-fetched to me at all. No, it definitely doesn't. I think it's more than realistic and very, very reasonably possible, to say the least. Um, like, honestly, I, I, I think it's more than within reason. Just absolutely. Look, honestly, if we ever have anything close to disclosure, I think that's what we're going to find out. I think we're going to find out that a good portion was smoke and mirrors and a good portion was real deal. Yeah. I mean, you know. MUFON has over 70,000 reports. Now, all I'm going to say is, is if 1% of 1% of that is true... That's it. Guess what? That's it. You know? No deal. It, yeah. The whole thing is, is, is true. But again, you have to understand that there has been disinformation throughout the last 50 years. Oh, absolutely there has. Purposely... Not- not everything that you hear is true. And look, some of it is not even government-made disinformation. This is what gets me, Alan. Uh, some of it is man-made to the point that the government really could just sit back at some point and be like, let them just deceive themselves. Because there are people coming forward you know, with lies to sell books, stories, movies, documentaries, go on tours, and, and make a career out of lying to the masses and that's because why they we know it, it works. Squatch. Correct. Exactly. So, you know, a lot of it is government, sure, with their disinformation, but a lot of it is, you know, people that are just taking advantage of people who really believe and really want to believe that, you know, we're being visited, that aliens are real. And while, you know, aliens are real, you, you can pretty much just, you know, put that as concrete, okay? Aliens are, you and I are here. We're talking, right? Right. Guess where we are? We're on a planet that's circling the sun, right? Last I checked, yeah. Okay, and it's a little tiny spot. In a, in a huge galaxy called the Milky Way, right? Right. With billions of stars. Are you telling me that we're the only one with life on it? And this is just one galaxy. There's 
an endless amount of galaxies out there. So life exists I know, all I over know. the universe. Has everybody here been watching Cosmos and how they describe where we are in this grand scheme of the universe? Um, By the way, I love that series. <laughs> what do you think of the uh, churches wanting to get equal time to promote uh, religion? What's your thought on that one? Well, they could put that on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm sure it'll it'll go nice over there. No, 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 no. There's there's churches and there's organizations that are petitioning to actually have equal time on the series Cosmos. No, I understand what you're saying, but it doesn't really belong because that show is about evolution, how reality is. Well, well, I don't know. Not it, mythology, because really the Bible well, is mythology. Let's hold be on, hold on. The Cosmos isn't about religion or it's not actually at about all. evolution. Cosmos isn't about evolution. It's about where we are and where our place is in the universe. Doesn't right. it doesn't has I haven't seen this week's episode. Have they well, they've only they've covered? only done they've only done like what like four episodes or something three, like four episodes. Three, I think. And, yeah, something like that. So uh, that'll be covered. Believe me. I think in one of the first episodes they did talk about the Big Bang being kind of where everything started. So well, I mean, Big it, Bang it, being proof. A hun- Big Bang has been proven. Period. Um, or you here's saw that. Yeah, yeah. You saw the image. Now, okay, okay, go yeah, ahead. Now, he- here's an interesting question. If the Big Bang has proven, uh, has been proven, and we are now proving that the universe is always continually expanding, here's my question to you. What is it expanding into? That's a good question, and it could just be expanding uh, forever. I mean, there might not be a, now, what a is barrier. It, what is it expanding into? Infinite space. Nothingness, but there was nothing before. So how can it be space? Well, that nothing must have something behind it, which I guess we could call that dark matter, huh? Okay, okay. you like how, you like how, you, like you like how I worked that in there. Well, yeah, I was trying to be creepy yeah, with my voice, sure. Good idea. Yeah, but the dark matter. You know, we're on the dark matter radio network, there, dude. So I, I think it fits. I think Keith probably will appreciate that if he's listening in. All right, fine. I'll, I'll I'll let you have that one this time. So they're, they're, just they're, this sp- time, space is mostly dark matter. As we know, I mean that we, we could probably you could tell that by looking outside. It's dark. What do you think is there? Nothing, right? It's dark matter. So you know, we know that most of space is filled with dark matter or some kind of matter that we can't see. But you know, that could be infinite. We don't know. We we can't see that far out. The best telescopes that we have now, or the best uh, scopes that we have now, see how many uh, billions of light years out. I mean. It, doesn't even get close to being, you know, I guess far enough to be able to see the beginning of the Big Bang. For and that's really, I mean, it's kind of crazy how that works, Alan. Also, the way they view history with uh, with the telescopes, because uh, you know, light travels and all that stuff. So they, the further they look out, the closer to the beginning of the universe they're, they're looking at. But still, there's so much more for them to be able to look further down with our oh, even our, our best technology. We still can't even get to that inception point. You know what I mean? We're still very far off from getting there. So who knows how far the Big Bang happened and really how long we've been here in the cosmos and how far we're going to travel. You know, it really would be kind of awkward, though, if we hit a wall at some point and all the planets just, like, go splat against the wall. And it's just like a big old black wall somewhere. Kind of like in uh, 2001. Kind of like 2001. See, that was the monolith. One thing has absolutely nothing to do with the other. I don't know what you're on tonight, but... uh, No, the the whole wall that we hit would be a big old giant monolith. Kind of like that. Uh, bat squatch. But then, what's on the other side of that big old monolith? Is the the next question. Uh, some alternate parallel universe that we are jumping into. We're going towards. I don't know. I'm like, dude, can I buy a vowel? Because I'm. I really don't have a clue. 
See, that's the beautiful thing about uh, you know these subjects. We none of us really have a clue. We just kind of uh, talk about it. We just kind and of hypothesize. Talk about it. That's, that's exactly what the show does, folks. We talk kind about it talk. and try to figure it out. That's what we do. We kind of talk about it. Not totally talk about it. Kind of talk. Kind of talk about it. Now, this kinda is something that I, that I like to kind of talk about for a second here. Also, okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, I don't know how you felt about the the first uh, movie Prometheus that came out uh, last year or whenever it was. Uh, uh, it was interesting. Per- it was an interesting perspective on uh, wh- how and where we could have possibly came from. Uh, uh, is my answer. Well. Get, guess what? For Prometheus fans out there, and I'm one of them because I actually enjoyed the film. Oh, uh, yeah. I enjoyed part, it. Absolutely. Part two has been greenlit. Uh, this was just announced. Uh, it's going to come out now. They're saying reportedly it's going to open in March of 2016. Okay. Um, and uh, they just got a new writer on board, so that should be interesting. I do think uh, Ridley Scott, right, the director. Uh, yeah. Ridley, yeah. Yeah, Ridley Scott, director. Uh, I think he is going to be back to uh, direct it again, uh, which I, I hope so because, I mean, I really like you know his vision for, for this story. I thought it was neat. Uh, you know, it's funny because it is in, in many ways a prequel to Aliens. Let's be real. It, it's not that it was a prequel to Aliens. I mean, it's not, but it tells the story of how the ship may have crashed, I guess. Right. There, kind of, sort of. Uh, I don't know. I'm just. Uh, I was confused by the movie, but I really, I truly enjoyed it. Uh, are the engineers, you know, the engineers actually follow close to the stories of, you know, some of the uh, some of the things that are out there uh, in, you know, other other stories of how we came to be, right. besides Christianity, Judaism, and uh, Muslims. So um, yeah, it's 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 interesting to say the it, least. It definitely is. Uh, now the writer that just got on board of this thing, uh, his name is Michael Green, and my only uh, my only issue with him is what's his is, history? This is where my issue is. He was one of the writers of the movie Green Lantern. Um, uh, yeah. I, a, hold on, hold on, hold on, uh, hold that's on. Pretty hold bad. On. Uh, no, it's not. Oh I come totally, on! Totally, on a hundred percent disagree. The writing for the movie was. Bad. It was the acting that was the problem. I disagree. I think the movie entire the entire movie was just bad. The entirety of the movie. Just okay. The, the, movie. the reading. Okay. The script itself read well. It's just how it was acted upon. Okay. And by the way, guys, please give a call in and either back me up or shoot me down on this one, please. By all means. Again, the number is 786-245-8127. And, uh, again, PSN Radio on Skype. Now, we're going to go on break in a few minutes, but uh, just to, to close out on this story about uh, about Prometheus 2, um, it says here, uh, Michael Green, the writer of Green Lantern in the new Blade Runner film, has been brought in to rewrite Jack uh, Paglin's original draft. Reportedly, the story will feature multiple versions of Michael Fassbender's Android David, now, since you know, the rap broke the news that Green's uh, coming on board on the project, apparently once Exodus is done, Ridley Scott will make this his next film. However, uh, while it's been referred to as Prometheus 2 at the moment, that almost certainly won't be the final title by the time the movie hits on March 4th, 2016. So, who knows what it's going to be called by then, but as long as, uh, again, Ridley Scott is involved, I'm interested. So... Well, I'm I'm just staying out of this comment, so you know I'm just like, yeah, okay. Are you not uh-huh. a not a Ridley Scott fan, are you? No, actually, I am quite a good, big Ridley Scott fan. I mean, he's had some good stuff, but then again, he's had some not so good stuff. 
And again, folks, please call in well, and either who, vote look. with me or vote against me on this one. No, no. I'll, in fact, I'll vote with you 100% on that one. He's had some good and some bad stuff. But look, who hasn't? Spielberg has had some great movies and some really, really bad movies. Really bad. <laughs> and yeah, we're talking about possibly true. we're talking about possibly the greatest director who ever lived, Steven Spielberg. Right? You know, arguably one of the greatest directors, if not the greatest. Really? I thought we were going to throw it to Tom Hanks. Yeah. Who? Tom Hanks as a director. Tom, I, man, what are you smoking tonight, dude? Okay, okay. How many how many awards has Tom Hanks won for directing? Uh, well, I know he's won a few for acting. Okay, has he, I don't think he's won anything for directing. Are you serious, uh, dude, dude? Just IMDb it. Okay? Tom Hanks. Yeah. Okay, he, he's directed a whole stack of stuff. In yeah, the but past, I don't think he. But so. he hasn't won like an Academy Award for like director. Um, no, I don't think he has actually won. No. But uh, he's got skills. No, I'm not saying he's, he doesn't. He, but... he, he, I mean, look at Captain Phillips. I mean, come on. You know? He did a damn good job with that. He wasn't just, that, that was he wasn't just acting in it. He was he was actually involved on the backside of it. He did a, well, Tom Hanks did Apollo 13. Um, yeah, but he didn't know, direct he, Apollo 13. Oh, no. That I'm, was, I'm, that, sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm thinking Ron Howard. I'm that sorry. That was Ron Howard, my, my friend. My bad. My bad. I'm thinking Ron Howard when I said Tom Hanks. Please, folks, you can shoot me now. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> Do we all agree that Ron Howard's a good director? Oh, he's an excellent director. No, no problem there. In fact, uh, for years I wanted him to do like a Superman movie or something like that. I, th- I think he would be great for something like that. He's a great director. I don't think he's got the. He, I don't think he understands the genre to do that. Oh, I don't know, my man. Personal... He, if you look at all his movies, they're very diverse and different. I think he could do it if he puts his mind to it. I love like the, his cinematography and his scope, and like his directing style is really, really neat. So I think it actually, I think it might work. But you know, we got Zack Snyder on board on that now, and that's ruined. Uh, but hey, um, <laughs> directing wise, like Tom Hanks, uh, not too shabby. He's directed a few movies: Fallen Angels, a TV series, uh, that thing you do, which I remember that one. I saw that in theaters. That man was that a disaster. Uh, From Earth to the Moon, the TV miniseries, that was actually pretty good. He directed one of the episodes. Band of Brothers, that was good. Um, exactly. He's He's got some good backing and skill set behind him. Yeah, but again, he has never won an Oscar for directing, so I rest my case on that. Now, well, uh, Ron person, Howard has. No arguments there, but Ron Howard is a great director. I'm not arguing that. Now, moving on to the final story of the night before we, we go on break oh, here. because We're almost at break point here. I'm John sorry, Lennon's, I went on a rant here. No, it's cool. It's cool. I think the audience uh, enjoyed that. Maybe they didn't. If you didn't, call in. Let us know. John Lennon's UFO doodle has been has been auctioned off. Now I don't know if you knew this, but John Lennon was a big UFO fanatic. Like he really, really believed uh, in extraterrestrial contact and all that good stuff. Check that story okay. out. I'm going to post it over also on our uh, website since we're kind of short on time. So I won't go over the entire thing. So I'll just uh, go kind of briefly over it. It says, a doodle of a UFO made by John Lennon in 1974 was auctioned off last week and went for nearly 10 times more than expected. The UFO drawing by Lennon fits the description of a UFO he says he saw in New York with his uh, then-girlfriend May Pang the same year. Lennon's UFO uh, sighting He had an is- Asian thing, didn't he? He definitely did. Uh, Lennon's UFO sighting. Who doesn't? I love Asian women. Asian ladies, get at me. Uh, Lennon's UFO sighting uh, is legendary. In fact, in UFO lore, it took place in New York. Hey, if you're going to have a sighting, have it in the Big Apple, baby. Right? The biggest stage Amen. in the world. Uh, during his uh, self-described lost weekend. Well, I think 
maybe uh, he was doing a little bit of a, <clears throat> you know, that's why I was kind of lost, you know what I mean, uh, which was actually uh, not a weekend at all, because, you know, he was <laughs> he was hitting it hard, man, uh, he partied all week. It was uh, a weekend, this... it was a decade, no. Yeah, yeah, he partied for like, for three decades, actually, and <laughs> he partied hard, man, uh, rest in peace, but it says here, this was a period from the summer of 73 to early 75. Oh, it that's was really... two years, it, it was two he years. He was better. partying for two years, this man, of course you've seen UFOs, uh, if, he says here, which is do it right exactly says here he spent uh, those two years with uh pang uh he was separated from his wife yoko ono at the time so he went from yoko ono to may pang or whatever her name is uh during the <clears throat> during the time uh, lennon completed several albums including uh walls and bridges um it's on to um uh, it's, it's an on and i'm gonna read this again it is a on and ectate album says here so whatever that word is uh for walls <laughs> and bridges then lennon doodled amongst other things a ufo and uh, the letter UFO-er uh, written on it. Uh, the sleeve, along with most of other uh, Lennon's original artwork, <clears throat> is on display this month at the sleeves. Uh, was auctioned for, like I said, uh, on March 21st, and it went for around 16 grand. Wow. That's a lot of bread for a little doodle. True enough. I'm just like, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to justify that, and I'm like, it's John Lennon all, but... Yeah, uh, not no, not not spending sixteen grand on a UFO doodle, but it's funny that he, you know, he was a big uh, UFO buff, and again, one of the greatest rockers ever. Rest in peace, guys. We're gonna be back uh, in a few minutes with our guest Chris Brown. Again, not the R&B singer. So, ladies, calm down. Not that Chris Brown, but Chris Brown, the UFO experiencer. He's at a sighting. We're gonna talk to him about his experience. Uh, open lines, call in 786-245-8127. This is Skywatchers Radio. You're listening on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. Check us out in a few minutes on the other side. team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology preventative maintenance and networking support hardware and custom built computers let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly monthly or annual rates to fit anyone's budget call key information solutions now 954-973-3374 That's 954-973-3374 Or visit keyinformation.com Look up in the sky It's a bird It's a plane No, it's supermanhomepage.com The number one Superman fan site in the world Supermanhomepage.com Covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man of 
Steel, and more. SupermanHomePage.com Mental disorders are common in the United States and internationally. An estimate 26.2% of Americans ages 18 and older suffer from some sort of mental illness. Now this figure translates to 57.7 million people who suffer from some sort of mental breakdown. If you find yourself laying in bed on a Sunday night hearing voices while you're trying to sleep, well it might not be that demonic being from another dimension trying to kill you where you sleep. Might just be your mental illness starting to kick in. So if you're out of meds for the night, then I have just the thing. Come listen to my show, The Jackal's Head. You can check out our Listen Live page only on www.psn-radio.com. See you there. This ad has been paid for by The Jackal's Head and the War on Terror. War. It's fantastic. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Join the club that gives you stuff. Hey, thanks. Radio loyalty. Here's how it works. Just click on the radio loyalty banner right now and sign up. Then you keep on listening like you already do. But now you earn points. Those points add up and you can trade them in for stuff in the radio loyalty store. Earn more points by sharing your station with friends on Facebook and Twitter, answering surveys, and by using the apps in the new player's app store. Pretty simple, right? Radio loyalty. Click that banner to join now. All right, everybody, welcome back to Skywatchers Radio, right here again on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. And now we are live with our guest of the evening, Mr. Chris Brown is on with us. Again, he's a gentleman who had his own experience. He's had his sightings, and uh, he's uh, gone public with it, and uh, he's told a lot of people on a lot of different radio shows what happened. And now, you know, we're honored to have him on this show and hear for ourselves, you know, what happened to him and what his experience was like. And he can share with you, the audience. And again, hopefully, you know, you engage in the conversation tonight and you call and ask Chris any questions. Uh, Chris, I'm sure, is more than open to having you guys call in and ask him what Anything is on your mind. Uh, Chris, welcome to Skywatchers Radio, my friend. And, uh, you know, we're happy to have you here, man. We really are. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, for the audience who might not be aware of your story, I know you've been on Open Minds, uh, the website. They've ran an article about you, and you've done the rounds on a couple of different radio shows. Uh, so some people might know, you know, what happened to you, your background. But for the audience right now listening in, there's a lot of people on the, you know, listening in tonight. Tell us what happened to you, bro. Tell us your story. Uh, mine, uh, was just, uh, it started off on the, uh, 2011 and August 18th 
it was at um, nine. Well, about eight eight fifty. I had went out at p.m. in the evening. I had went out to go water my my garden in my back, and I watered that for a couple of minutes and pulled my hose around uh, to the side of the house all the way in front to to water my front yard, and I put a bunch of weed killer stuff on my yard that day. I was deemed to water it and keep up, and and, uh, so I pulled my hose out. It was, oh, probably about maybe 9 o'clock around that time, straight up, p.m., and I pulled it out to get all the kinks out, and I found myself out in the middle of the street. It was... uh, not real uh, dark, uh, but not 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 all the way all the way dark. It was so kind of light, you know, because it was in the summertime, so it was kind of at that point where it was kind of getting dark, but it was in. still light, you know. Right. And uh, so I have a field all around me, and when I had pulled it out in the road, there's a field right straight above me, and I noticed out in the field some some blue and red lights. I they kind of really were scattered, and there was uh, still kind of, you know, light. I just didn't take it in. And so um, it seemed kind of odd, but I just really didn't take it in enough to sit there and, and to take it in. So I pulled my hose back and started watering uh, and watered the one half of the yard for, oh, probably 20 minutes, I'd say. And I have hedges on the one side, so I can't see down the, the field. I did that side of the yard, like say, for about 20 minutes, and then I went to go pull my hose out again. I found myself out in the middle of the road. Um, it was a little bit darker, and it was, uh, I'd, I'd say, probably, yeah, 20, 20 minutes later. So when I pulled it out, I got, well, I'd say, I don't know, maybe maybe 40 feet of the hose stretched out, and when I got out in the middle of the road, it just was boom. It just caught my eye then, and it was uh, out about a mile from me, um, out in the field. Actually, on the on the pictures on the site, they um, um, they show the pictures of kind of the outline of the tree where I'm talking about. Behind the tree was this. All I seen it what caught my eye was this gigantic, huge glass dome that sat on this um, top of this this disc, this disc it had lights going around. I couldn't see the whole circumference of it. It was so big. If I had to put a size on it, um, all that I could put it on would be an aircraft carrier, luxury cruise liner. That's okay. about the only size I could put on it. It had um, blue and red lights. They seemed to kind of be twinkling and kind of going counterclockwise from each other back and forth. And I just, <laughs> whoa, I mean, it was, I threw the hose. I remember just chucking the hose and getting it out of the street. And I just sat there and just literally, just awe. I literally sat in there thinking to myself, is this happening? <laughs> is this, is, is this even real? But, uh, I, you know, I, I, I knew, I knew it was kind of real. I mean, I knew it was happening anyway. And so I went, and when I went over there to kind of get a better look at it, because it, I, I, I was thought I'd seen it maybe kind of start to move, but when I really kind of looked at it, and then that's when it just this this uh, this 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 uh, it's hard to explain because it was 
like you're going down a roller coaster really super fast, you know, and you get that 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 feeling in your belly where you get that that a little rush, yeah, a little feeling, a little rush. rush, yeah. The adrenaline rush, it's adrenaline, it's adrenaline rush, is what it is. Yeah, yeah, well, well, this was just kind of, uh, my body, um, all of a sudden got, um, it's, everything was real pinkish, real kind of, uh, kind of, it was kind of pinkish, kind of a little, kind of, everything got real blurry. Okay. Just for a second. And I just, oh, in my head, just like, said, oh God, in my head, just, I mean, because I, I, I felt it. I, I just felt like it was like trying to pull me in or something. I don't know. It was, uh, like it was a really tra- like, odd Like a feeling. tractor beam type of, like it just like a little Well, I guess literally. that's all I can say. It felt like I just would have just, uh, just let my body go. <laughs> that who knows where it happened, but it was just the first thing because I got so scared, you know, that I felt like that. And I go, oh, God, in my head, of course, and then it stopped. Uh-huh. I didn't. I didn't sit there and go, oh, my, wow, what a feeling I just had. I just was so still caught up on the moment as it was still there in front of me. And well, Chris, so, let me ask um, you, did you have any missing time when you felt that, that feeling? No, I didn't have any missing time because I had my iPod with me the whole entire time. Okay. And I knew what the times that, that it was when I when I walked out to, to, to water. And so... Um, like I said, I just I had that feeling for a second, and then it, I said, "Oh God!" and it went away. And I just kind of I didn't sit there and go, "Oh wow, what how did I just feel?" I was still caught, still so caught up in the moment. But I was in a weird situation where it was I was the only one out there at that time. There was nobody even, no one even on the streets. And I'm in a small town anyway, but still, it was just so dead. It was nobody was around. It was like it. It, like it, it, it knew that like it was like I was the only one out there or something. And uh, by well, tell, let's tell the audience by where exactly did this take place? You're out I'm, in, uh, I'm in Sublimity, Oregon. Okay, and that's where this and incident that's, happened. Uh, that's about 50 miles outside of Portland. Okay. Um. So uh, anyway, I believe it or not, during this time, I started to rush over to my neighbor's house, and I had really kind of didn't know them real well then and well just kind of the people they are and I kick myself to this day but why I stopped I don't know but I stopped and I went back and I had my iPod and and I went to go look at it and then that's when I noticed it started to move on me and uh then I whoa and so I uh it was kind of like getting the rooms up going, oh, yeah, I had my iPod. I mean, I was in such in shock and awe for a little bit. It actually took me a little bit to figure out that, the heck, I had my iPod on me. But I was so I was excited and shaking so hard. I couldn't even, did, I just had the iPod not long. At any point, did you scream to try to get somebody out there to, to like maybe <clears throat> be a witness for you? or? You know, I didn't. Would have, could have. Should have. Why? I mean, you know, and I could have. Angel, I could have went over to the neighbor's house. I could have banged on the neighbor's door and could have came out there, and I'm sure. But I was just such caught up at this moment at the time of like, oh, my God, this is, I don't know. For all I know, it could have been controlling my brain. All I know is 
when I well, went that's, that's actually that's, a, that's actually hold on that's a, actually a, a good question. Uh, did you feel like you were in control while this was happening, or did you feel like you weren't in control of your own actions as this was taking I place? I felt like I wasn't in control of my own actions. I felt okay. really, uh, really sporadic in my head. Uh, I'm, I'm usually a pretty clear thinker, and you know, and and, and try to be, a, you know, clever, I guess. And to <laughs> me, it, it literally, I put the dum dum cap on. It's literally what I felt like. I felt like I put the dum dum cap on, you know, just ah. And uh, no, you know, but so the, I the re- look. The reason the reason I ask that, or I, I make that as a point, is uh, a lot. Often, people who have experienced abductions would say that they lose all control of what's going on. Um, literally, you know, they're being led somewhere. They don't. They can't control their own actions. What they're doing, but they're aware of what's going on. Um, you know, that, so I wanted to see if maybe that was kind of what's happening to you. And also, uh, was it? What ha- was happening to you, was it similar to like what happened to Travis Walton, that he got hit by that beam? Because I- I'm surprised you weren't knocked out. So I asked you if you had any missing time. Uh, you know, maybe yeah. you, were, you were knocked out or something and, you know, you woke up. Because if you're knocked out and you wake up, you might not notice. It might just be very instant mm-hmm. type of thing for you. Um, so that's why I was asking, was there any missing time at all? But you said there there wasn't. Um, yeah, so- I was... I was able to up there when I when I seen the time when I came out because I looked at the time on the oven on on uh, my oven it has the clock on uh, on it okay. and I seen it when I walked out the back to go water and it was eight fifty like eight fifty one or something like that when I uh, p.m. when I went out to go start the water and back and then when I got my iPod out to start to record it has the time right on it right when I turn it on and there's the time on it and then I got a slide you know you got to slide the little thing over and then. Right. And then the dum dum cap went on right there, trying to sit there to to, to get it. But anyway, it's kind of go back to where I was is when I went and I I stopped running around trying to to to, to go to the neighbors because I just was concentrate on okay, I have the iPod in, and that's when I went and because uh, I noticed it moved three times, and so I ran down. And I, that's actually really truly the first that I really felt like okay, this is happening was when it actually moved because. It really didn't move, and it was almost like until it wasn't moving, I was just sitting there in my head kind of trying to think, is this all still really going on? It's crazy as that sounds, because it was such an incredible thing, you know, and it, and it was so gigantic. So anyway, so um, that's when I seen it started to, to, to move. So when I ran down to the stop sign, and... Um, I'm sitting there trying to get video record of it, and it, it, it I, mean, I can't even figure out how to even record this, this, get the recording button on my iPod. I'm shaking so hard. I actually had the iPod on. I'm missing almost the whole entire encounter trying to get this thing on videotape. I got the thing on the ground, the iPod on the concrete with my finger <laughs> trying to push the butt with my hand holding my hand to hold my finger in place because it was shaking so hard. I can I imagine. I'd be, the... I'd be shaking so hard you can make a martini just putting it on my hand Yo, and let me go. You know, I... Are you kidding me? And I'm the one who always jokes around that, hey, I'm ready for an abduction. Come get me. I, I, I'm dying to go on a trip. Uh, but in reality, when we get into that position, uh, I'm sure that all of us understand. We would all be shaking, my friends. So. Oh. <laughs> and I did, and I tried to take a deep breath and I, I mean I was trying to, to that was really I was so concentrated on because I hear I had this iPod and I could get video of it but I just was so just it just wasn't working 
So then I even tried to even get the Wi-Fi button to Wi-Fi my buddy, and I couldn't figure it out. So finally, I just gave up. And then um, I just was just staring at it, and it was so big. It was so weird because nobody was around. There was no cars or no nothing. I mean, it was just the town was so dead. And um, then that's when I noticed that it moved back and forth three times. It um, moved about 30 feet the first couple times, kind of seemed from my, my view. And then on the third time, it took off. Um, it just... I mean, the glass bubbles were so huge. It took it had to be 300 feet. The glass bubble on the on the top of just the 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 the, the craft, but the whole outer the disc of the thing uh, it was sitting kind of behind a valley with a line of trees. There's a valley that sits under there, and it must have been just a swamp that whole entire valley behind there. And it was and when it when it went by. The glass bubble when it when it when it I mean it just the whole thing kept going it was like Star Wars like at the beginning of Star Wars when you when you see the ship come and then it keeps going and it keeps going <laughs> and it keeps going and I'm like wow you know that's a great scene and I <laughs> yeah and I and I was just <coughs> excuse me I was just oh whoa so uh, now hold on wait. this was this is the event that happened to you on August eighteenth twenty eleven right just so we were clear on the dates eighteenth yeah. Okay, August yep. 18, 2011, this is when this was happening. Yeah, that's the first encounter. So okay. anyway, uh, so then I, um, it, it took off east, and so I lost sight of it. And then that's when I, I started to kind of run back toward my my place, my, uh, thinking maybe I can see an open sky or what, I got trees all around me in Oregon, you know. And then that is pretty much almost right directly above in the, in the field area up in space was all of a sudden I noticed this, well, I could have been another craft or I could have been a, it could have been an orb or, you know, I don't know, but it just looked like a dot in space. It wasn't in the sky. It was in space and it was just moving. I mean, it was going so fast. Well, I don't know how fast it was, but fast enough. And I, whoa. So I ran back down, like back to my, um, my driveway, like I was saying, here I am trying to get this video out again. I'm still trying to figure out how to video this. This I use this iPod with this this video thing happening, and so anyway, I ended up losing sight of it again, and then that's when I just kind of just gave up, and then um, I lost sight of it, and then all of a sudden, really, what caught my attention was uh, my dog. He was in the he was in the house, but he barked. And then um, all the dogs are around here start barking. And then right above, I looked, just happened to look above my my um, right-hand shoulder and then come over the neighborhood. Oh, I don't know how high it would have been up. And a smaller craft or something went over the neighborhood. All the dogs, as it went over, barked and went clear over into just about a block or so away over and... Um, there's another field around there, and it's got my, my friend's house, and he had all his dogs outside, and they were all bark, 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 barking, and then it um, sat there for a second, and then it kind of got bright, and then it just disappeared. And, uh, well, I just, whoa, was just, oh, my gosh, of course, you know. It was shortly after that. I was the only one here, shortly after that. My wife came home with the kids, and 
I was telling her, oh, my how, gosh. How did, how did you bring that up to the wife? Because I can only imagine this conversation. Honey, I saw a UFO. Right. I mean, how, did, how does that conversation start up, and how does it go? Gosh, you know, I was just in such a, <laughs> such a, such a, such a, just a panic of, I just started wailing in on her and just tell going on. It was all like, I guess I did, you know, I'm, were you nervous talking to the wife, or like were you talking a mile a minute, or were you calm and cool and collected? Yeah, I was talking a mile a minute and nervous, <laughs> and and but she could take me in, and she was getting it. And um, uh, so here it had been um, within days uh, from the 18th from the 27th was the the last encounter, and during that time, in between those days. The next day, especially, I had went, I maybe the ne- not the next day, a couple of days after, I actually went and walked the block and was seeing that if I seen anybody out there and I approached just like one and one person I kind of felt comfortable with and the other ones I knew and asked them if they had seen anything and um, no one had seen anything. And so uh, the neighbor had went and, and came over and I told her she's, she's, my age, um, in her forties. And, and I was telling her and she's like, Oh wow. And so when she went home and, uh, she went home and she comes over her and her daughter, who's 17 at the time comes over about five minutes later in a panic. And her daughter says, Oh my gosh, Chris, she goes, you aren't going to believe it. She goes, my friends were up at Macaulay mountain on, I guess it was that night. Um, and she goes, they seen this, they seen the huge disc too. They said they watched it for 45 minutes and they tried to get, um, service on their phone, but it wasn't working. Why they couldn't get video. Well, I don't know what that had to do with getting service, but anyway, she said that they couldn't. So anyway, but they was watched it like it the for, line, uh, was the line dead or were they trying to call on and they couldn't make a call? Uh, that's, that's, she was vague on really what she told me or what they, either they must've just told her. Huh. And so, um, Really, that's all she said, you know. And so um, I just was like, oh, wow, that made me feel good because I was like, well, I knew darn well somebody had to have seen that, you know. I mean, for crying out loud, that thing was huge, right? And um, anyway, she could barely even talk. She was just like, you know. And she didn't know much about that, uh, really. She just heard her friends talking about it. And so uh, she didn't know much. But it was during that time uh, I had been out every single night, uh, watering, uh, late at night with my camera on, I took my camera out. I had it on. I charge it every single night and keep the video running on my wrist. Why, why water VR trying to go? And here it was, I'd be praying at night. I mean, I lay in bed for, mm, uh, you know, every night before I go to bed, before I go to sleep and I would pray that um, I would have an encounter again and I would have a detailed encounter. I prayed this for, um, well, I guess 11 nights afterwards. It was um, Friday. It was the 26th. It was um, late. It was probably almost midnight going to be the 27th. It was a Friday night. Uh, we were up, uh, my wife had a friend over and we were up watching movies and movies got done at round probably about 11.55 p.m. on the 26th. And so we went and uh, 
I took my boy out there to go out with me, sky watching with me. While I went out and wandered water and and get a little video. And and uh, so him and I had went out there. He didn't want to go out there, but we drug him out. I drug him out there, and so he sky watched with I me. I can't for, blame him. I, 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 and I gotta say, you know, I would I would not want to go out you there have either. To drag someone out there. Maybe you shouldn't be taking him with you. Yeah. If he's putting up a fight, you know that's abduction in itself. I feel well, bad. You know what? I it's do. It's kid. I so, do. And it's a curiosity to kill a cat. I do. I know. But, you know, he, he, they had been going kind of out there with me every single night and had been wanting to go out with me. And it was just that night. Uh, he wanted to go out there, but he didn't want to go out there uh, for very long because he, he was getting leg cramps. Because uh, I think he's going yeah, through a little growing thing at that time. And he's like, oh, my legs hurt. So he's wanting to go. We're out there for maybe five minutes. He was standing up at the curb, and I'm water, and I'm like, hey, just keep an eye on, you know, and keep your sky on. And I wish this thing would just come down and just, man, just come right down here and show us detail, Colton. I said, and. It's too um, hard. You're going to get what you ask for. Oh, oh, oh. Anyway, and so. Uh, he was wanting to go in, and, and like it was late, and so I said, well, all right. I said, well, so I stopped. Uh, I was maybe out there, maybe, you know, the water, maybe 10 minutes. And so I went and, and stopped and and uh, walked up to the curb and dropped the hose and where he was standing. I said, well, I said, don't look like we're going to see anything tonight, Colton. I said, uh I said, I wish that thing would just come down and show me detail. I said, and I took my camera and and I turned it off and I put it in my pocket and I um, go, all right, well, let's go. And I started to, both of us actually started to turn. And uh, as our backs was turning, this bright flash with this loud pop, um, it wasn't a real loud pop, kind of, but not real loud, but it was bright flash and then just I mean just turned around I mean first thought was just uh, like a transformer went out or um, well at, th- at this point had these objects made any noise when you saw mm-hmm. them it was silent no right? just silent just nothing at all just we were just out there just and I just walked up to the curb and I just said that and then uh, when we when we turned and uh, started going inside I was just going to grab the hose and turn off the water and wrap up the hose and go inside and he uh, that's when the pop with the bright flash behind us, I just it startled as I turned around. My first thought was was uh, like a transformer went out, and, he, and uh, then all of a sudden this um, it was hard to make out at first. Thing comes shooting right next to us. It was a uh, first thought. It was like a tra- like like you know when I was thinking transformer. Then I was thinking like firework uh, because it was you know it was you know after Fourth of July. But there, you know, there's still people out here and 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 still shooting out fireworks for a good few weeks after Fourth of July. You know how that is, you know. I live out in the country. You got big old fireworks and stuff around here. These people are always blasting off. And but uh, it was uh, clearly uh, not after that. It was this. Uh, it, it came into it come into the detail of what it was, and it was this. Uh, it was about maybe the size of a semi truck tire. It was um, it was uh, a bubble like a like a magnetic like a like a bubble. It was um, it was fire white on the outside, 
And then um, on the inside of it, it kind of makes things kind of like a like a rainbow kind of color, so it's kind of a bluish, tealish green inside. And then it had um, all this dust, all this like sparkling, like golden dust stuff uh, floating around this inside this uh, magnetic bubble around a bubble around this uh, clear ball. It um, if I had to put a size on the ball, I would yeah, say you know, maybe. Uh, let, let me describe this for the audience because to me it kind of looks like uh, an e- uh, like a sun with an eclipse going over it. It's kind of like the best way I can describe it. Interesting. Yeah. And then there's a circle right in the middle uh, with a little red, uh, I guess like a teardrop. Yeah, it had, um, and it was a clear ball about the size of a of a um, of a beach ball. It looked to me and my son, it looked very much like a diamond. It looked like it just looked like a diamond glass ball cling and in the middle of it was when it was right next to us uh the owner of it was spinning backwards while it was going forwards it was moving a pace of maybe a fast walk not real slow when it was right next to us to, we seen the red stuff in the middle we thought almost it looked like another like a like a ruby or something like another stone or something but it wasn't right. until it went spinning away from us that we could see from behind it was in a teardrop shape <laughs> and it was, it was, it wasn't really loud, chopping noise, but kind of, as it was spinning, it was going over the part of the road where they tore up the cable. They poured in, um, they, they tore, uh, up and put, uh, the new fiber optic, uh, cable in a couple of years ago. It was going over that part of the road. You could see, I mean, it was, it was very obvious that, uh, it was pulling power or something from the road because you could you could see uh um like like it pulling electricity up from underneath the ground and it went away about mm, about 12 feet in front of us then it sat there and it spun there for a second almost like here like take a picture and then it spun over um and went over the iron plate manhole cover on the on the road um, it, it seemed to arc off of it. It made the same popping noise that it did when it, when it showed up next to us, some sparks like roll on the ground. And then there's a power line right above the, um, the, uh, manhole cover. It, I don't know. It seemed to arc off of the, maybe the, the power line because up at the corner of the transformer on the power pole, some sparks flew off of it. And then it just took off and it was just gone we're just like me and my son at the same time both of us whoa i mean just both came out of our head right when it, it shot off and we're just in shock and all i mean i'm on the disc i knew exactly what it was when that disc came out. i knew okay boom that's a disc i got my camera but this was just sitting there trying to figure out what it was for one thing and do you think it might have been like maybe a, do you think it might have been maybe like a drone or something like that I don't know. I heard of, you know, I heard of, you know, people kind of describing kind of these same things, not in such, I guess, detail, but, you know, kind of, I just really don't know what to think about, you know, so what it could have been. But, um, so then it was, uh, boom, right? It took off. It was almost simultaneously. My, um, wife's friend comes out from the house. We thought, oh, they had to have seen it and heard it. Well, she just was leaving. She didn't, just me, she didn't, she didn't hear anything. We just were, gosh, we we're just in such shock and awe. I can't even remember what I really even said to her. I don't, <laughs> I think I just kind of just, I just kind of was just, uh, you know, I, I, maybe I mentioned something, you know, really I couldn't. I was in such a, 
uh, shock and awe of amazement at what happened. I'm starting to grasp it. Uh, now, so as as how, got, how, how old was your son again when you had this? Uh, he was nine. He was nine years old at the time, how, and he's mm-hmm. now, what, uh, 11, 12? Yeah, he'll be 12 on the 4th. Oh, okay. I, I know, um, yeah, next month is his birthday, by the way. Happy early birthday to him. Yeah, uh, he's, he's my birthday, again. too. Yeah. Oh, one on the way, as you know, so they're all going to be right there. Maybe one on one's birthday. So. Oh, very cool. <laughs> what, you, you said it was your daughter's birthday today? Yeah. Oh, let's uh, wish her a happy birthday. What, what's your daughter's name? Uh, Joey. Joey, happy birthday to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you she's go. in the other room. She watching... Um, Full House. Hey, I, I used to watch <laughs> Full House also, also so I'm not going to Yeah, they're Full House. Deny, I'm not going to deny that. You got yeah. it, dude. Anyway. Hey, I'm still a Toys <laughs> R Us. So, no. Hey, right. cut hey. it out. But anyway. All right. So anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, has, has, has it even over? Uh, so um, here, the, the, my wife's friend comes out, and we... Uh, yeah, like I said, I just don't really know what I said. She got in the car and she took off, but when she was taken off, she, uh, the neighbor girl that's her friend seen um, mm-hmm. the UFO disc uh, on the hill too, uh, she came home right at the same time. They passed each other, so she was pulling in the driveway as she was taken off from my house, and I'm like, God, yuck, you're going to believe it. Come on over here. You're, you know, and I was telling her, and we were talking, and then that's when she kind of told me a little bit more detail because she had talked to him and said he told me that that's when they couldn't get uh, reception, and that um, they should they just went I guess to turn around, just went home, they get or, or took off from camp, and they didn't even stay up there, and um, so we're like, oh wow, and so you know, and I was telling her what happened to us, and that's we were talking, and me and Colton, and uh, my he wasn't saying anything, my boy. And then uh, all of a sudden, as her and I were talking, shooting in front of us was this, well, it was uh, maybe maybe at a, at a far, somebody that, that seen it, if they noticed it, they maybe thought it was a shooting star. But uh, it was a disc. It was a chunk of a disc. You could easily make it out. And it just went, all of us went, whoa, at the same time. Well, during the time we were, my boy's not here. He went to his friends tonight, and he was going to be on, you know, as we talked before. So maybe on another show, if I come back, he can be on because he, he had it in an encounter of himself. And as her and I were talking, and I was asking her, and I was telling her what was going on, there was two discs above the the um, the house, above the neighbor's house. There was one, um, he said, uh, that was about 40 feet above the house. And then there was another one that was on top of it, but a little bit over and it was going faster. He said he could see the streaks kind of like a, a street kind of it left behind it. But the one that went over the house went over really super slow and he was able to see up inside of it. And well, he's got his pictures and the drawings and stuff on the MUFON report that, that, that he'd went and it also the crafts that he seen had the, um, had a glass bubble uh, dome on them too, on but they were smaller, smaller crafts. So um, anyway, he was in such shock and awe. Uh, he, I, I guess I, I, well, I can get it. How he said he wanted to say something, but uh, he was just in just probably. I, he said he couldn't say anything. He just took out all his voice and everything he had out of him. The only, the only time he could say something was when it shot off. And, and it was and, so fast that <laughs> can, can you all blame of him us though? said, whoa. 
Yeah, can you blame him though? I mean, little kid, that's that's what. I, I know it. I know it. It did the whole thing, the whole thing, and and I and, and it's and I, and I, it's a bummer that he's not here because you know what? To hear from out of a child's own mouth and own uh, in graphic detail of exactly what this looked like and what it was doing too, you know, really is is an amazing thing, and it's very you know, and I I do harbor some, I do harbor. Thoughts, uh, feelings, bad feelings of dragging them out there. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, uh, we got to you know address that because that's uh, not a good move, man. Anything could have happened. I mean, worst case you scenario, know. you guys could have been abducted, and uh, maybe you would have been left behind and him taken. So I mean, you got to really think well, that. And for anybody out there who's know, ever in that position, don't take your kids with you. That's not. It just uh, a good idea. Was. Um, it was a spontaneous deal. It was, you know, there's so many things that I, I, I could have did over. And oh, I get, I hear you, man. It's like uh, Travis when I, when I interviewed him. He, the first thing I asked him was like, "What were you thinking when you got out the truck?" And he's like, eh, "It just kind of happened, man. It was just spontaneous, you know." And I, I understand. Yeah, it's one of those experiences where you know you're in the moment. You know what I mean? And you're captured yeah. by what's going on and by your experience that you're having at, at that moment, and you don't think about the, you know, the problems that it could that you could have by just continuing uh to, to get captured into that moment but uh you know it, it, it look it happens uh, just for future reference uh, don't take your kids out to uh to a field where you just had a an experience like mm-hmm. that now you've had those those are two encounters now have you had any encounters recently in the last few years because i mean usually when somebody has those kind of experiences uh it follows them a little bit over the years have you had anything else that's yeah. come across i thought i've seen some weird lights uh, but you know, nothing that a definitive that I can say, Oh yeah. Hey, this was, you know, definitely, um, really it's been such a big thing on my head, this whole entire encounter and, and trying just to, just to guess, get it out there and that people believe me, I guess it's my biggest thing, you know, I don't have a lot of trouble with that, but you know, I try so hard. I just want everybody to, and, um, the biggest thing that's is not wanting to see it again and not wanting to have something like that happen again and then go and think about it more. Well, let me I ask think you. about it so much already. And Hold on, let me ask you real quick, and um, don't take this in the wrong way, but why the need to, to make people believe that this happened to you? Because I feel, I, I guess it's as much as this need to believe, it's as much as to, 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 to just tell people what I've seen and to help educate people and to help people know more and hear people saying they see these similar things and and hear reports of of um, this technology. But you've had, uh, you know, you've had the Lazar guy and then you had this Corso guy. And really, I think those are probably about the only two guys that's ever came out to ever officially say, yeah, okay, we worked on this. I worked on this. I did this. And, and really when this thing happened, I knew nothing of the UFO, anything. All I knew was TV shows that came on with, with, with kind of the same stories that they've showed over throughout the years. I didn't know anything about UFO technology. I didn't know anything about really nothing. And um, I had to do a little bit of soul searching in some days. But when I got on that computer and I looked on YouTube and things, I, 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 you know, I was a light and more. But um, I had never heard of this encounter happening and this type of encounter happening. And so I, I, I felt compelled to, to, to just tell my encounter. And 
sometimes I feel if those people don't hear me out or maybe, maybe it's just because they just haven't really heard out the whole thing or read out the whole thing or, or I don't know, but it's, I don't know why I've been so compelled to, 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 to feel like I have to, to get out here and, and, and express to the world or what I've seen. And just really it's because I, I'm just trying to help educate and, and to help, you know, people know more. And and it makes me feel good to be able to do that. And, and well, you, 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 understand, you understand where, where I'm you know, coming from by asking that question, though. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, I completely it, understand. It, it's a scary you experience have to, ask, to have. You know? Yeah, no, and it's a scary. Look, it's a scary experience to have, but at the same time, uh, it puts your you know your life in a completely different state than you were before. Once you come oh, out boy, with yeah. with a story like this, I mean, everything changes. This is a game changer. Uh, for look, for example, mm-hmm. I've been doing this uh, radio stuff for about five years now. I've been dealing with ufology for five years since I started yeah. dealing with ufology. It completely changed everything about me as a person me as a as a entertainer uh and i say that because i did music for a long time and, and i've dabbled in other things and now whenever any whatever i'm brought up in anybody's show or on, on anything that they talk about me the first thing they say oh he has a ufology based show he's a ufo guy that's the number one thing that people say because it changes the perception of me because i do these type of shows but as an abductee or as a person who's had experiences, who's been a witness to UFOs, uh, it changes you even more in the public eye, especially when you come forward with your experience. Has this caused problems internally, like at work and, and stuff like that for you? No. Uh, um, it kind of a little bit with the neighbors. Okay. Um, the, what happened was is that my sister uh, is friends with the neighbors. Oh, I'm friends with them too. And she went to go get her fingernails done one day. It was um, a couple months after the encounter. And she went to go get her fingernails done. She was there with the neighbor. And, well, I love my sister. And she's excited and what's going on. And she's like, well, did you hear what happened to Chris? And she's like, well, no. I, um, why, well, yeah, I kind of heard what happened. He talked to, you know, my husband and told him about Because I, I talked to him on the first encounter days before. They didn't know about the second encounter. A lot of people... Didn't know about the second encounter. I kept that one quiet, of course. And um, so she goes and and she goes, well, we have our our house got broken into um, a couple years back, and we put a video a video camera on a security camera on our um, our uh, um, patio. And she goes, I wonder if maybe that might be on videotape. And she, and so my sister told me this, she calls me up. She says, Chris, yeah, you know, I talked to the neighbor and she said, you know, that, that, uh, and so I went and I, uh, oh, wow. I kind of was like, so she hadn't said anything, but nevertheless, so what can I do then? You know, damage is done. So I seen her out there and I waved her and I said, oh, you know, it was like the next day as maybe that day I talked to my sister or whatever. And so when I went and I, I called her over to start to go over to talk to her. She just went and, and went into her garage and shut the garage door on me. And I just walked right up to her house and said, and knocked on. And then her son answers and he, hello. And then I was like, well, is your mom here? He, no, she's in the shower. And she said, you're walking the garage, you know? And then, so that just kind of, uh, and then, well, so I just didn't even leave him. I just didn't even bother with it. And, it's kind of put uh, a little bit of some weird blood there, but we're kind of in, we kind of, well, it's I mean, all good, it, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't seem like anybody is too, too hurt by 
No, no. But uh, I, uh, after it was, um, all during this time, after my encounter, it was um, about the first, I'd say maybe three months. uh, You know, I was telling everybody, of course, who I could tell, all my friends talking about it. That's all I could talk about. It's kind of like now. And um, every time I get on the phone, yeah, I how would was that experience? <laughs> when you're telling your, your your buddies, you know, hey, by the way, I, I had this uh, experience the other day with my kid. Uh, you're gonna laugh. This is crazy. How did that? You know, how did that conversation go? Because I could understand the wife being really accepting to this kind of stuff because she knows you and she knows that you're not a liar. You're not a person who will make stuff up. So she has. But you know, your buddies, you know, they might be like, well, maybe he's playing a joke on us. You know, I mean, how did how did, did they believe you right off they the bat? Are, you know, every. Every single one of my my friends know what type of person I am, and and, and that's what that really has been a real good thing for me because I'm a, I'm a very honest person. I try to be, and let my life to be the best person I can be, and people know that. And so when I speak from my heart, uh, I really have never really had anybody to ever sit back and go, "Yeah, this guy's full of crap." Because uh, after I'm done telling my story and they see my sincerity and. They, they could tell my being being graphic about it and and descriptive and people seem to get it and they understand if I was if it was just me and and I went out there and and and, and it just happened to me itself and and the, the second encounter I wouldn't have did all what I have done to go out and 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 try to spread my encounter but you know I had you know, my boy there, and then the neighbor on the second part of it, even though she wasn't there on the, the orb encounter, heck, she seen that the, the 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 second part of it with the, you know, this that went by, and it's probably where it came out of, you know, I'm sure, that thing. And, uh, um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's well, been, it's been, a, it's been a, it, Chris, let me ask you because you know, out where you're at in Portland, you're not that far off from areas where they do a lot of test flying of secret aircrafts. Bob Lazar exactly. is uh, famous for talking about some of this stuff. Uh, now, in your opinion, what you saw, would you say is extra, extraterrestrial, or do you think there's an earthly connection in Area 51 and some of the stuff for test flying out there? Well, this is um, okay. Now, where I'm at, I'm I'm um, one thing. I'm right in. I'm I'm in uh, outside of Salem. 14 miles, uh, I'm in the ring of fire. I got, I got Mount Hood, I got Mount uh, Adams, I got Mount Bachelor, and I got uh, Mount St. Helens. I got the ring of fire all around me. I got a, a, a military base just 14 miles from me. It's an uh, Army National Guard base, real kind of a small. You'll get like FedEx planes. We'll, we'll take their stuff there, UPS. Um, private, wait, wait, wait. Um, that sounds a little bit odd that FedEx and UPS land at a military base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. And they actually have, uh, it's, um, it's, um, has a private, uh, private, uh, for people that have their own, um, planes and stuff there too. They can go in and out. It's not a commercial, um, where main, you know, uh, Well, if it's not commercial, FedEx uh, and UPS shouldn't be flying in there. Unless of course they're filling up the chemtrail containers to spray. Could be. Well, oh, there's a lot of those around here. Can't trust <laughs> left and right. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, but no, they do, and they, and so uh, they have their. Those are the planes that just are always going, you know, in and out there. And so uh, that's 14 miles from me, and then I have Boeing, which is um, probably about 100 and 
50 miles from me. Mm-hmm. Going the, and, and, you know, Seattle, I think, is like 220 miles from where I'm at. So really, by getting up in the space in a plane, that's not far at all. So anything's possible. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, have you? And yes, after you... after my after my encounter on the first on the um, the first disc, about uh-huh. ten minutes afterwards, I heard some um, black uh, black, but I, I heard some some um, some helicopters coming well, actually, from. I, like, I think you're going to go exactly where my next question was. Have you had any uh, military types approach you, or any uh, government agents approach you since you you know have gone public and addressed what happened to you? Um, yeah, I was about getting into that. Uh, <laughs> I figured <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, um, about, um, within the months uh, after my encounter and I was outside and I was, um, doing, I don't know what I said. Maybe it was not even the weeks. It must probably just been within the weeks. And I was outside, um, during the day and then this, um, black uh suburban and it was all black i mean that like i it seems all brand new but all like jet black it had no plates on it it had that i could see had totally tinted out windows the, t- the windows were so tinted they were too tinted for like because you know you get now you gotta have a law that they can only be tinted out so far and it went by my neighborhood it went by like fast and then as soon as it went by my house and i was out there uh, I can weed in my ear. I don't know what I was doing. It went by really super slow, really creepy, super slow. And then it just went, as it went by my house, it just went up right up around the corner. It seemed the only thing it did is it just went around the corner and turned or did it, did a U-turn to turn back to come swing back around to kind of go fast and it go really super slow by my house again. And then as soon as it got by my house, I sat there, I, I just had this feeling so I gave him the crappiest look I could get. I just looked it straight at the <laughs> like stared at him with this with this real crappy look. And I eyeballed him down and as soon as it got past my house it sped up and took off. Then there was this um guy that sat in front of our house all day long in a in a car, but he was but he was parked um just not right directly in front of my house, but actually in, in just in front of the neighbors who had the encounter too, the the one that had the second the um, second half of it, and the neighbor over here in front of her house. They sat out there for a long time, and then the neighbor went over there and and asked him uh, uh, who he was, and, well, I don't know what he said, but he just uh, he just took off. So, yeah, those were kind of two creepy, weird things happening to me. You know, I don't know how much government that could have been, but. But nobody knocked on your door and said, uh, no, Mr. No Brown. man black knocking on my door, huh? <laughs> that's, and that, but, you know, that's odd because I really did. I figured if anything, I'd be having somebody like that showing up at my um, my uh, door, but nobody ever did. Do you, I mean, I, I, I don't think at this point in time they're really going after people, though. I mean, there's so many people no. that have come forward over the last 30 years. At this point, it's kind of a moot point to go after anybody. If it is government well, officials. Well, it is. You know, and also, I wasn't sneaking around doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing and finding out something right. I wasn't supposed to find out. Right. So. You weren't trespassing anywhere or anything like that. So Yeah. You know, now, do you, and, do, you do, so do I you, figured I did it for a purpose. Have you been doing a lot of sky watching uh, since you've had your experiences, or have you uh, not gone back on? You know, that's where I get back to, to. My mind just has a hard time getting over it. And so, really, I don't. 
I'm so, you know, just so concentrated. I know, well, I, I really just don't want it to happen again because as, as, as detailed and as, as close of an encounter and all that that it was, I, I mean, geez, why wouldn't it happen again, I guess? But um, I don't. I don't go out there. And I, I mean, what if I'm out in the car or strolling along or I'm outside or whatever, I'll, you know, look up. But I'm not like I was before my encounter when I was in during that time and I was just sitting there just wanting to see it. Now I'm just kind of like, Ugh. well, my brain can handle it, you know? Well, let, really me, let, me, let me ask you about that. Um, have you ever heard of the laws of attraction? No, kind of, yeah. The secret. Uh, are you afraid that maybe you know going around talking about your experience might attract them to come back and visit you again? Maybe you will attract that experience one one more time. Well, I don't really think it's as much as that. It's just as much as I just don't want it almost to happen again because it's just been such a, a, a stressful thing. Me thinking about, it, I feel like it. Maybe I guess you know if it happened again, then I'm. <laughs> Um, I mean, would you yeah. want to, I mean, honestly, honestly speaking, I know that's a scary situation, but uh, wouldn't you want to know, and I mean, wouldn't you want to take a, a ride on a UFO and experience it? If you could, if they could guarantee you that you're going to come back unharmed. Yeah, there's no guarantee of that. Well, let's, let's just say there's a guarantee, okay? You know for a fact you're going to come back unharmed, they're not going to probe you anywhere nasty, uh, you're going to come back <laughs> in one piece, and, uh, you know, you're going to be healthy. Uh, if that's the case, would you want to take you know that ride? Because look, for all intents and purposes, what happened to say Travis Walton? While a scary situation, he came back not only unharmed, but he's been very healthy for a long time. Uh, no injuries, no illnesses. I mean, the guy is like a picture perfect of health as far as uh, he you know he tells the world. And by looking at him, uh, it looks like to be true. I haven't you know I've never heard of him coming down with even the flu. So uh, you know. It, it, obviously, they weren't that sinister to him. You know, they, they didn't kill him or anything. So, if you can be guaranteed, would you want to actually have that experience where you get abducted and you go on a trip and learn a little bit more in depth? If there are aliens that you're witnessing, yeah, but they're gonna yeah. erase his memory anyway. Come on, a hey, Travis's memory yeah, was erased. That's that's really the thing. Is is I is as much as as I mean. Um, That'd be such a fantastic thing. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how much I could get out of my head then. So it's been, you know, I, I feel like, gosh, it's just such a stressful thing. I mean, it would be. I get it, Angel. Do that'd be awesome. I mean, that's like, you know, I love to go for a ride. I mean, that'd be, you know, yeah. But I can tell you this: that you know, um, after seeing that stuff, and after seeing it close, and after seeing that 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 stuff in the middle, the the um, the clear ball for one thing. That's David Copperfield, even getting that stuff in the middle of a clear ball. And for one thing, I've never even seen a clear ball to even be even that size. If inside the orb itself was a, was a crazy thing because it looks so diamondish. And then the, 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 the huge the, the, uh, glass dome that was on top of the disc was, had to be the biggest glass dome to ever be constructed in the whole entire world if there was anything that, I mean, we'd have it like Sosonium if there was something like that we created that big. So all I know is that um, if, if it's in space they have, you know, if it was ET and they have space, you know, there's all kinds of big, you know, diamonds and stuff. I guess that'd be the only way I could think of, of, of that could be a government deal, you know, or, or an ET deal. Because when I heard about Bob Azar talking about this technology, 
He talked about this highly dangerous red stuff, but he talked about, he didn't talk about no clear ball that it was stored in. He talked about more of an apparatus that you put this stuff in. And, right. You know, I know why the government keeps this stuff quiet, because this stuff is radioactive. This is the stuff that, that people are going and they're voting and are trying to get the government to, to, to not use this stuff and, and, and chemical weapons and all this stuff. You know, you think the government's going to come out and say, yeah, no, but we're still using this in, 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 in flights and, 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 and space travel. And we're still using this, this stuff, this highly radiated stuff. But see, so that's a big thing. So I understand why the government keeps it quiet because it's a, it's a, you know, to even be working with that stuff, is a, is apparently a no-no. So, yeah, no, you know, not, 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 not only that, let's be honest, if uh, there was any outbreaks or anything like that in Area 51 and, and the blame was the stuff they were being exposed to by the government, if that stuff becomes public, yeah. the, all kind of hell could break loose. Uh, listen, uh, Chris, hold on there for a second. We have to take a quick commercial sure. break. We're going to be back in a couple minutes. Uh, again, we're going to have open lines. Anybody who wants to call in, ask Chris anything, please You know, call in. Stick to the topic. Please uh, be on point with your questions. Uh, we'll take everybody's calls. We're not screened, so please, uh, you know, be polite. Uh, again, the number is seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. You're listening to Skywatchers Radio right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network. This is Angel. That's Alan, and that's Chris. We'll be back after the break. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Join the club that gives you stuff. Hey, thanks! Radio Loyalty. Here's how it works. Just click on the Radio Loyalty banner right now and sign up. Then, you keep on listening like you already do. But now, you earn points. Those points add up and you can trade them in for stuff in the Radio Loyalty store. Earn more points by sharing your station with friends on Facebook and Twitter, answering surveys, and by using the apps in the new Players App Store. Pretty simple, right? Radio Loyalty. Click that banner to join now. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but 
having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. So, Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, there's another one. Wow. Busy, busy me. So, anyway... Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. My friends keep commenting on my comment. Oh, there's another one. So many comments on my comment. Oh, I can't wait to watch TV tonight. Playoffs! Hey, guys, check out my new video game. Wait, wait. Mom, what? What? What'd you say? Wait a second, what? This weekend... Unplug. Take your family to the forest. There's nothing in the world like experiencing nature firsthand. Trees, paths, bluebirds, streams. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Dark Matter Radio Network. All right, everybody, you're listening again to the uh, Dark Matter Radio Network. Thank you for staying with us on this uh, late evening. I know it's about 2.30 Eastern right now, and I want to thank everybody for staying up with us. We have Chris Brown on the line with us, UFO experiencer. He's had his own uh, UFO encounters. Uh, fascinating story, Chris. I mean, it really is whether you know people believe it or not out there. You know, there's always going to be skeptics and and people who don't believe and people who do believe. But uh, it's still a, it's a very uh, interesting uh, story and a very fascinating story. Uh, the fact that you have a witness as young as your son who was nine years old, uh, I think you know that speaks volumes. And I really uh, would love to speak to him one day and, and get his uh, his input on what happened because look, I'd love to come back. The one thing, Chris, and I'd love to have you back with your son, and we could uh, talk to him also. The one thing uh, for me always is the voice of a child is is very important in these cases because kids, for the most part, when it comes to stuff like this, they won't lie. They they just don't know how, for the most part. For the most part, not all kids. Some kids are born mm-hmm. with that spark to lie, but I don't think all kids are born or wired like that. Well, uh, some of them perceive a lot better than we do. Different correct. Around them. That is correct. Yeah, so I mean, I'd love to hear his side of of things. But uh, guys, if you want to call in and you want to uh, ask your questions again, open lines for the rest of the uh, thirty minutes here. Yeah, uh, I'd love to have some callers. Love to have you uh, your input. There's a lot of people listening in, so please call on in seven eight six two four seven eight one two seven is the call in number. PSN Radio on Skype. Uh, again, we're talking to Chris Brown and Chris. You know how many people when when you started talking about your story and going around on some of the shows, and you were you know approaching some of the hosts like myself and and you know Bill and Nancy and some of the other hosts. Um, you know how how did what was the feedback that you got when you said your name was Chris Brown? First of all. <laughs> Serious question. Well, that, that, that's the yeah, that's the thing. What's the name, Chris Brown? Because I tell you, that kid over there and uh, wherever the hell he's from, he's giving me a bad rap. So um, hopefully, I'm here to capitalize and make this Chris Brown with you know with with the good name because um, that guy just hasn't seemed to me nothing but trouble. 
You know, I say it in jest, but I actually had somebody this week who uh, was asking me, oh, who, who you guys are having on Skywatchers this week? And I said, oh, we're having Chris Brown. They're like, isn't he in jail? Didn't he just punch Rihanna a couple years ago? And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This Chris Brown hasn't from. punched anybody. He hasn't punched that. He's yeah, not in okay. prison. <laughs> you got to get that all the time, though. It's got to be funny for you. Yeah, it is. So, but, uh... Now, to it, distinguish, uh, is your full name Christopher? Because I, I think you should go yeah, by Christopher Yeah, my full name is Christopher Brown. So, Any middle initials in there that we could throw in? Christopher? J. Justin. Uh, oh, my God. I'm not even Justin. kidding. I was just thinking about J. I'm not even kidding. I swear it was about to come out of my mouth as soon as you said J. And I haven't looked at your bio, so I didn't even know that. Yeah, but. you... No, like no, because everywhere that you see his stuff online, it says Chris Brown. I mean, you never see Christopher J. Brown. Yeah. So on, well, on, on the, Scout's on the MUFON Honor. report, uh, it's I have a different name on the MUFON report. It's 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 uh, Charles Bradley is the name that they put on it. It's a fake name. And well, I after I you know go on the radio and uh, just kind of at that time I did that. But during that report, uh, really I didn't know anything about the radio, so I was kind of going upon there what 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 I thought was best at that point in time. And well, it's. My name's out now, so <laughs> now, are, are you, <laughs> we're getting uh, yeah. a lot of Chris Browns. You can't go back now, son. Uh, hey, Chris, it's a popular name. So you got sports players, and you got yeah. singers, and you got so hey, it's a great name. Just don't punch any women, and you'll be okay. They keep their fingers away from me. So. <laughs> as long as you don't I'm punch hungry. ladies, you, you'll be okay, and you'll give that name a good reputation. Uh, <laughs> going back to uh, to a more serious topic here. Um, sure. Let me ask you: Are you looking to maybe write a book or, or anything like that to you know further expand on your on your story and and get your story out there? I would love to write a book, and um, actually, I kind of did. And um, the guy really liked it, but uh, you know, it was it's just I mean, I can't. I'm just so new to everything, and and it was just like a you know 14 pages or something just something well that's that a treatment that's not even a book that's like you know i can't write 14 pages i can't i can't read exactly. 14 pages it was nothing at all but i, I would write all the books i just you know <laughs> something i thought i would try but really you know it's a, it's a lot of work it's money and it's time and and uh i can say that when my encounter first happened um really the whole writing to people that being computer i wasn't real uh computer uh Illiterate guy. My spelling was horrible. I mean, it took me forever to get spell check on my on my uh, computer when I'd be writing to people. So there could be a lot of times my writing was so bad. I mean, so sorry to say that they could say, "Well, this guy's just a fool." I can't even understand his rant writing. But I tell you, over this encounter, it's turned me into a, quite a little scholar because um, I've had to write and I've had to get my stuff around. So I've had to really make sure that. When I discover spell check on the computer helps, but, uh, <laughs> but it, really, does, yeah, it does it become your best friend, education. doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, does. it really has become a whole education. This this whole entire encounter, right, and getting my encounter out and and um, trying to 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 you know to to expose what I what I see and as I'm writing to people and try to be as descriptive as I can and it's a tricky deal. So I'm glad I have you guys to to take my hand and help me get my voice out on the radio and and I just appreciate it. No, uh that's what we're here for, my friend. But you know, again, what's the next step now for for you? Have you thought about what you're gonna do next besides Well my uh, um couple I, other shows? this year I was gonna try to go and, and here in McMinnville at the UFO festival they um mm-hmm. 
in May there, uh, they uh, have every year I was going to be the guest, wanted to be the guest for this year, but they were full. Excuse me. And um, so I'll be uh, speaking next year at the 2015 um, UFO Festival okay. here in McMinnville. Um, but this year I'll be going to the, uh, I'll be at the MUFON desk. Uh, I don't know what day yet I'll be there. I got to contact, um, get a, a hold of uh, the MUFON director. He's wants me to call him back, but he's going to have me there for for uh, a little bit I'm at their table. I don't know what I'll be doing or, but uh, yeah, next year it's kind of a bummer because my 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 story just came out on Open Minds and Black Ball, um, and so you know, I'm, I'm really this year I'm really wanting to press real hard to get my encounter out, and but maybe if something, you know, by next year maybe more things will happen when I'm at the UFO Festival. So. You know, mentioning Open Minds, I wanted to ask you: uh, Has uh, MUFON approached you at all uh, recently, or in, in the last uh, few months or a year? Uh, they approached you at all to you know maybe. Uh, talk about your story and see if there's any other, you know, ex- people, I guess, experiencers who have had similar encounters as yours with the kind of thing you saw? Um, well, I'm sure that he would. Um, well, I'll be with the, I'll be with the, with the MUFON director here in Oregon, um, next month at the festival. And I was actually going to talk to him about that. And he, before prior, it's been a couple of years, we kind of been in out of touch except for last week I talked to him. Um, for the first time in a while, but uh, um, he had told me that before that depending on where I got in my uh, that that he would be willing to share my encounter again. And plus, he hasn't had it since I've updated and I have my picture that I made with my Photoshop that my friend made up for me. And before it was just my lousy stick figure uh, pictures and my son's drawings from the original MUFON report. And well, you see those, and those are just horrible, but. I tried my best, but I was able over the time, over the, I don't even know what Photoshop was, but nevertheless, I found out Photoshop and I was able to put together a picture of what the orb looked like. I found a time warp bubble um, uh, image of it, and then I found a clear ball, a sphere, a clear, uh, and then I found a red teardrop, and then I found a rainbow ring um, coloring, and then I found a, a fire um, around, um, Around the moon, they had an image, and I took the fire, and I mixed them all together, and then I, I made a picture of the orb as best as I could do it. But I had a computer, and uh, uh, I mean, I could just make something that just would be almost exactly to what it almost looked like, um, to to a T, and and they, they're showing the spinning of it. and I mean, all what we've seen was so much, um, like, uh, all... Well, I, I've just, you know, the Bob Lazar thing, to, it's a key deal because here we're looking at a guy who, who came out with videos back in the 1990 or whatever it was, but where has he been since, you know? I mean, he's kind of a missing guy. And um, then, um, you know, Albert Einstein always showed the spinning. Always, always, hey, you know, always talked about the spinning and all that and the orb. When it went, it was that was this like the, the the bubble vortex thing that was around the clear ball that was been in the space around around the clear ball. It was the orb or the the the, the bubble around it that was actually propelling the orb forward and was was pushing it uh, forward. Because I mean, you could uh, you could just you, you could see it just 
the, the whole apparatus of it spinning and then when it was going forward. So it's really a whole different um, flow of travel of what, uh, you know, we expect because, you know, here you go and you see a car, you see a plane and a jet or a rocket and you got the, the, the boost coming out of it. Well, this just doesn't really have the boost. This just has that thing around it that's, well, it's just like all what those guys say, you know, what they talk about. But it's kind of like it's really, you have to see it in order to get this a whole different kind of a concept of flight, you know. There's no um, thrust to it. And when um, the, the UFO, uh, the two went over the house that uh, my son had seen, when he had looked up, uh, he'd seen up into the UFO, he had seen the same type of little orb things that were on the bottom of the disc that looked just like, almost like they just flew off of the disc. And, you know, it was just, they just flew off of that thing and then kind of did its own, made itself its own little probe or whatever, I don't know, and then it reattaches itself to the craft, you know, maybe, I don't know. But um, he can describe the same type of light things that were underneath the, the uh the disc look like just like rural orbs if I were powering it. So um, when people are seeing these videos and they're always seeing the big bright flash, you know, well, right. it's, it's, it's that around it. It's the big vortex bubble around it. That's brightening up and, and pushing it forward. So it wasn't, um, when I went and I got on YouTube, you know, and I, seen a lot of things and that's when I seen um the crop circles uh, they had an old video it was like no were 19... they crops that's a good question were they were there any crops around that area where uh, you you had your uh, first two sightings well i got i got fields all around me all right. around me i'm in the town of a uh, population of that's interesting uh, 20 2500 people so i got fields all around me i didn't have any crop circles around here at that time but um I'd say probably about 20, maybe about 20 years ago, um, about five miles from me, there was a crop circle out in in a field, out, out actually just right on my, my, right, my road here, and uh, sat up there for hmm, a couple months. But uh, I had seen that video, and I'd seen a couple of these orbs that were going over, and it went, they were the same looking orbs that, that we seen. Of course, we seen it up close, but they were the same looking orbs that um, were going over the fields. And then I'm looking at them thinking, oh, man, you know, here I am. I'm seeing that orb, and I'm seeing the, 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 the I mean, there just was a bubble. I mean, you know, Ezekiel talked kind of about the same thing, a wheel within a wheel, but he wouldn't call it a bubble, and he wouldn't call it a, 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 a a ball. Only thing he could describe it to was a wheel, you know, because that's all they could go to. And um, but when you when I kind of like Ezekiel's grass, wheel, huh? Yeah, when you look at the grass pattern, you can see that it's got spun, and it's kind of got a bubble shape, kind of the the spin look to it with the with the. Um, from what I hear is that the uh, radiation um, changes the grass uh, DNA. And then the, the blade ages, and well, that's all kind of radiation sickness is what that is. And in the middle of that clear ball, that clear sphere, 
was really deadly looking radiated stuff. So, you know, I then you had people saying the reports of wars on crop circles and it was just my encounter and so many things came, you know, just now, do you guys get a lot of, I mean, do you get any crop circles reported in that area? No, uh-uh. I haven't, no. I haven't found any. Because that, that would be interesting if there were crop circles around that area. <laughs> that would yeah. make that would make a lot of sense that you saw something. Maybe you caught them on the act when they were about to create a circle nearby somewhere. You know, oh, that uh, would have been cool. One, one of those things. Uh, that would be cool. To actually, you know, drive up one day and see an orb start creating a circle in the middle of a of a field. That would be really cool to see. Uh, there's a yeah. video on that that somebody put on the internet years ago, and it was obviously somebody. Uh, came forward and said it was a fake. It was really well done CGI, but uh, that would be really something neat to witness. You know, yeah. the way you describe the orb you saw, though, really does take me back to Ezekiel's wheel, and uh, it reminds me of the description of, of that within, uh, you know, the, the Hebrew Bible and stuff. It, uh, have you thought about maybe a biblical connection to, uh, you know, what Oh, you yeah, that's, that's on, my, on my Facebook page that, um, oh, is that it? Okay. Uh, I made up. Uh, I have a uh, the pictures of what I made, and then the uh, pictures of what Ezekiel made. My what I made and what he made. There's so much resemblance. Uh, the only thing it was is that in all his pictures, he never depicted the. He they always predict like little bars going across, making right. like a like a. But if he took the bars away and he just he just he just shaded all that in, it would be a bubble. But see, that's the only way Ezekiel could only say, he could only say a wheel because, well, they only had the wheel going for a short amount of time. He didn't know what a bubble was. <laughs> right. He didn't know, he didn't know, he didn't know what a ball was. He didn't know what well, a UFO he was. He didn't know what aliens were. He had no concept of any of that stuff. So yeah, a mm-hmm. wheel. And, and the scripture, in the Bible scripture, it even, did, even from what he even just says was in the wheel is pretty much basically what i'm what i'm described of seeing so um you know um he talked about seeing a gleam in the middle with the with an amber burning in the middle of the gleam well you know the, the gleam was was a clear ball the clear yeah. the, the diamond looking thing and and yep. the red amber in the middle of it was yeah i mean it was it was it was amber it was it was cherry blood, cherry red. This stuff in the middle—it looked so deadly. It was so close from me that if I would put my hand out and I would have touched it, it would have melted my hand off. Well, it would have just probably just killed me right on the spot. Made me made me sick, or you know, I'm sure if I had even survived, that's how close it was. So I mean, we could just see inside of it, just so perfect. I mean, it was. It was so pretty. For one thing, it was really pretty. But it—that's uh, that, right. Probably what you know captivates you the most—the fact that it actually is, uh, you know, anything. I think any, anything extraterrestrial to us is going to look just uh, you know amazing and beautiful and something different. Uh, you get you kind of get that vibe even when you watch a movie like uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where they're at the I don't end know and they if see I'm the ship. Go with beautiful. Come on. Oh come on! A ship that's flying in the sky or an orb like that—that's going to look beautiful. Oh, man, you to us. Oh, uh, you know, oh. I, even the look, even the Klingon ver- bird of prey looks beautiful to me. Okay, fine, but what happens if it's so organically, if it's organically made and looks so scary, and uh, you just want to run from it? I will run, but I still think it'll look beautiful. Okay, just saying, guys, we're almost out of time. Uh, 
man, I'm so disappointed again we didn't get any calls for the amount of listeners we have on tonight. Uh, yeah, hopefully, I, you I, know. We'll we'll, uh, we'll catch some Shame listeners uh, calling Shame in soon, but uh, look, it's been a, a blast having you on here, Chris, with us, and we definitely have you, you know have to have you back on because we could do another two hours with you easily, uh, talking about your oh, case. Oh yeah, and stuff. I could go for easy another two hours. There's, there's a whole <laughs> subjects of my encounter that 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 that, it, that uh, it covers so many different things, I believe, and and so I feel so very kind of lucky that I that I see it and and I hear about people saying and talking about this technology, kind of, but. You know, to be able to see it is an amazing there, thing. So. There's definitely there's definitely some synchronicity here tonight, also with uh, your name with a J. I was thinking of J and Ezekiel's wheel, the whole thing. So it's a uh, interesting, uh, I guess, I, I, irony that uh, we both uh, thought yeah. of Ezekiel's yeah. wheel when, when we saw this, or when you saw this thing, when I saw your your uh, this depiction of it. Uh, it's a, like I said to everybody listening. Look, it's an interesting story. You guys make up your own mind whether you believe him or you don't believe him. Um, again, he sounds very credible. He sounds like he's, you know, speaking from the heart. Um, I do. And uh, that's the most important thing. Uh, you know, before we let you go, though, Chris, I want to give you a chance here uh, to give out any website addresses or anywhere that people can find you and uh, maybe contact you for future shows or anything. Um, do you have anything right now besides Facebook, I guess, would be one way to get to you, right? Yeah, you can give me. I have um, a Facebook um, a page for my encounter. It's Celebrity. Uh, I always go Celebrity. Uh, Sublimity Close Encounters called the Sublimity Close Encounter. And what Sublimity? Um, sublimity is is the town I live in. That's the oh, name okay. of the town. Gotcha. Yeah, okay, gotcha. and that was actually the the, the Mufon here in town. He had put her name and said, "Just call it the Sublimity Close Encounter." And <laughs> that sounds good to me. So boom, right there you got the name um, of your book. I'm saying, uh, yeah, I can, I'll put you in contact with some people that publish books, man, and you, and you can get a book published. That's a great name for a book, the Sublimity Close Encounter. Oh, it is. It's a book. I tell you what, you know, it's. We just got to we got to make it we got to make it longer than 14 pages, though, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's 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 the thing. It's going to have to be a little bit longer than 14 pages, but. But definitely, you know, it's a it's a book. It's a it's a it's a definitely a book. It's a it's a movie in my opinion. In my head, it's a it's a it's a Steven Spielberg Hollywood you know movie in my head. So yeah, everything's great. But I'm I'm very just happy to be able to tell my encounter hero with you guys on the radio and and have people hear me and just help educate. That's really my biggest thing. You know, ultimately, it makes me feel good to be able to come out and tell people and just let people know and. Maybe this has happened before to somebody else, and maybe that person never said anything. Guarantee maybe you they were, Yep, maybe maybe they were drunk or high, or maybe they didn't think anybody was going to tell them. Guarantee that, too. Anybody, everybody knew they yeah. were, and so they just never said anything. You just don't know, and so... <laughs> Yeah. I, I guarantee some of those were definitely drunk or high, but not all of them, and that's the important thing. What, what you said, yeah. Alan, earlier, the one point, the one point, whatever percent, just one point one. If one percent of one percent of that's all it, right? the. All the things that, you know, have been caught uh, or that MUFON has recorded or whoever's recorded is true, that just That's blows it. the whole thing up. So not everybody's a drunken, uh, you know, idiot who's high on the, on the uh, Mary yeah. Jane over there. Oh, you uh, mean so like people, you? Okay. Well, shush, I'm not a drunken idiot. But anyway, uh, not everybody is intoxicated when they're out on the field or when they're doing any sky watching or when they're doing anything. So, you know, that, that 1%. 
That's all it takes. Uh, again, uh, it's been just a blast having you on. We do have to uh, let you go, sadly enough. Uh, but uh, like I said, I want to have you back on soon, Chris. So we'll, we'll definitely be in yeah, I'd contact. love to be back on soon. I appreciate you having me on. And I'd be on any show you need me to be on anytime, any place. So I appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. You've been great. Thank you to you. Great and thank you to Luke Vaughn and everybody else. So appreciate it. Talk to you soon, Chris. Take care, buddy. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Christopher J. Brown. Now, I'm just going to call him that from now on. Christopher J. Brown. Uh, again, an interesting story. Uh, you know, I don't want to call Batsquatch on it yet because there's not uh, solid proof one way or the other. Uh, you know, his voice tells you not a lot, information. I think. We'll right, right. Not enough information. I will say, though, his voice and his tone really tells me a lot of, about who he is, and uh, he seems like he's speaking from the heart. I he really believes want... what he's saying. He definitely believes that he saw what he saw, so that is very important to begin with. I do want to talk to his son one day and get him on the show and uh, hear his side of it, uh, see what he has to say. Because, you know, I think, again, talking to a child or a young person like that, uh, you'll get a little bit of of a different take. But if it's the truth, uh, it's going to, you know, be an honest answer. And I think, uh, you know, I don't think there's many ways that we could debunk a child who had an experience like that. I mean... Well, yeah, yeah, there's ways to debunk it. Yeah, but... Says, do we really want to put a kid through all that? To exactly. That, well, the point is, would you want to put a kid through all that to go on air and talk about something like that if it's not true? I don't think well, a parent like, would do well, that. Well, it's so. like a kid going up on trial, you know. You know, it's like, it could be... That alone could be traumatizing. Uh, how old did oh, he say his true. kid was? How, how old did he say his kid was? He, he was nine at the time. He's about 12 now. Um... He, he could be traumatizing. The, could. The, the, the kid will know right from wrong. Um, uh, true, and and nine years old, he'll know right from wrong. And again, whatever experience he does have, um, I think when you're that age, knowing right from wrong is great. But you, I don't think kids at that age really have that spark to be mischievous to the point that they lie about something oh, like twelve. Yeah, no, but, but about something like this at nine years old, I don't think that that really is going through a kid's mind. I mean, it wasn't on my mind when I was a little kid. I can tell you that much. I wasn't thinking about lying on anybody about something like this. Certainly wouldn't lie about something on air, on radio, or anything like that. So, again, well, you know, we'll have to talk to him and uh, and get his side one day. It would be definitely a fascinating interview. Uh, but we're all out of time. Uh, sadly, we're running to uh, to the end of the uh, the time slot here, and it's just been another fascinating evening uh, with uh, you, Alan, and with our guest, Chris Brown. Again, love having everybody listening in, but please, guys, please. you gotta take a you gotta take a chance and call on us call here. Us. You know? Throw Say me a hello freaking, once. Throw me a freaking bone here. We're live, people. L I V E. We're live. Call in. You know, open lines throughout all our shows. We don't screen any calls, which is very important. I know some people are scared they're going to get screened and uh, they're going to you know not get through. We put everybody through. We just ask you to be polite. Don't curse. You know, be on topic and uh, just be absolutely fascinating. That's the most important part. It's a pretty short list. Yeah, pretty short list. Uh, guys, we're going to be back next week right here on Skywatchers Radio again at uh, 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Do we time. know who we got already? And next week. 1 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, actually, we, uh, we're we not too sure yet who we have next week, but it'll be announced pretty soon on our uh, on our Facebook, on facebook.com forward slash Skywatchers Radio. There's a couple of names I'm bouncing around to have on next week. Uh, the one I got definitely locked in, though, is April 9th. We have uh, Alejandro Rojas and Jason McClellan from uh, Open Minds uh, Radio, and they're going to be on, and they're awesome. So oh, yeah, really look forward to that. So. I, love, guys, yeah. I love talking with them. These guys are really good people. 
we're uh, we're coming to an end, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, for Dark Matter Radio Network, for PSN Radio, for my co-host Alan Weiler, and our guest Chris Brown. I am Angel Espino, and I wish you all a good night. Stay safe. Stay classy. Peace.